0: Welcome to the first episode of Please Enjoy the View, a new podcast from myself, Jacob Garnjost, and the River Power Podcast Network. Before we get into this first episode, I'd like to tell you a little bit about this show and its goal. For much of my life, I've had the privilege of spending time and talking with so many incredible artists. They are friends, family members, co-workers, teachers, and members of my community. As a creative myself, I have always been fascinated with each individual's process for creating art, what drives them, and the ways that they see art fitting into their own lives. Every other week on this feed, we will share genuine conversations with these people about art, dive deep into cultural trends, and even have a little bit of fun. So without further ado, episode one of our fine show featuring filmmaker Alex Nicoletti. And please enjoy the view.
1: I love that this is the world we live in now. It's so well, I haven't graduated like when all this started, so we don't have to do it like for another year or two. Me,
0: too. I'm literally so glad that that is, that is how this worked out. Yeah, it could have been so much worse. Like, imagine having to do your entire senior year online like that.
1: Yeah, a couple months. Like, it was like two months. It's not bad at all. For real. Sucks was no graduation. Like, I never got a gown. Did you take pictures at all? No, nothing. I took yeah. pictures of other people. I, I don't need it. I got the memory
0: yeah exactly exactly it was a great year like I had a great I had a great time the whole year like it was so much fun I just like it would have been nice to have a little bit of a uh, pomp and circumstance to go out you know but I mean that's the world that's how the universe hits you like you don't really get much of a saying it. it's just like all right but
1: it didn't uh, affect our film that much like oh, yeah? we we're still able to film like all the actors like we would wear masks um in between takes but once the cameras roll and they take them off, and a bunch of people got tested, and I don't think any coronavirus came from our film. So I think it was. A, a,
0: That's good. Do you want to avoid being a super spreader event? Was that like a concern? I know. I know. Talking with Jeanette a little bit about it, that she was saying like there were definitely people who didn't want to like travel to 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 shoot. Was that an issue you guys had with your film at all?
1: No. Like, all the people we cast, two people were from New York, and they came down. It was fine. A bunch of people were from, like, Mani Philly, Westchester. Uh, So we were able to film, like, on location at different locations. And the farthest was, like, an hour commute. And we were pretty quick with setup and breakdown. So it was ambitious, like, 24 pages, probably five locations. Um... But everyone was down to do it, so
0: man, that's cool. That's cool. gotta feel good to be able to like accomplish something like that in the middle of all this.
1: Yeah, it was like the first thing I did out of school, like just for me and you know everyone else. And uh, yeah, it was it was cool. We got a, a DP from a production company in Philly, you know, professional DP Dean Tatuli. and a bunch of people I work with from Temple, like on Temple Smash, uh, various other like short films. And then it was the first film that our three leads were in so like one of them like had some experience with theater and the other did like a lot of voiceover work but it was their first time you know the the film's title my first shot and like even though like within the story you know it has to deal with a certain character's like first opportunities it was also like a lot of hours like making the film like our first big thing
0: i love that so before we get too far into this conversation I just want to take a moment to introduce you. Welcome everybody to please enjoy the view. This is our first episode, and I am so lucky to have with me uh, Alex Nicoletti, a great, a great friend of mine. And we're gonna take some time today to talk about film, talk about what it's like to be a a filmmaker and a photographer, and and coming right out of school and and how art fits into your life. So. I mean, without further ado, I think we should just get right into it. Tell us about My First Shot.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It started as, like, my final for my screenwriting class. Um, And our professor, like, he wanted us to have it around, like, 10 pages. Because, you know, a short film, like, as a student, like, you want to make those. It's easier to make a 10-page film, one or two locations, than, like, you know, a 90-page feature-length film. But I just, like, fell in love with the characters, and I wanted to write more. So I just kept writing and he, you know, I turned in like a 20 page script. The first act always stayed the same, but like the middle and the end always changed. And after school ended, I just kept writing and writing. And then I decided like, you know, I can make this thing like for cheap, you know, cause you still have, to, you have to pay, you have to spend money on people and like food to feed your cast and all that stuff. But I felt like with like a few locations, you know, like the producer in me, Mm-hmm. Thinking like how to make this. So, I talked to Jeanette, you know, casting director. She uh, reached out, put it out on a couple of websites. We got like over a hundred submissions for a few roles. We started a seed and spark, uh, which is kind of like a GoFundMe. A lot of people put stuff on there to kickstart projects. Yeah. We got a lot of backers. We made a you know, we raised over four thousand dollars. And then we just combined all our resources like camera equipment, lighting, all that stuff. We spent, you know, money on a few things, but eight shoot days, five were scheduled. And then once we started editing, uh, we realized like we needed a few more things like turn pickup shots, like inserts and whatnot. And then I wrote two more scenes to put in the film. So we did, we spent like three, not too long a days to complete that. But like the, the shooting went really well and we got a composer from Poland. His name's also oh, that's Alex. Sick. Yeah, yeah. And so he's working on the music right now. But the film itself is about this guy, Nate. He has Down syndrome. He just graduated high school. So you can go to high school, like if you're in the special ed programs, until you're 21. So he just turned 21. And he'll finish his senior year. Um, and that you don't really see, like that's just like a backstory. But where it starts is like, his first job interview and his first, you know, real shot at like becoming an adult, like out of school and like starting his own, you know, his own path in life. But his mom, you know, she, she just wants the best, you know, for him, but, you know, you have that dynamic where, you know, you have one of those, you know, your parent where, you know, they just-
0: Like they're almost like scared about letting them get out in the world. Is that what is-
1: Yeah. She, she's a type of parent that, um, That is like, yeah, scared to let her son grow up, you know, like Mm -hmm. only child. And, you know, she just wants to be there for him and like the biggest parts of his life at the same time, you know, you want to try to create your own path. Definitely. And yeah, do your own thing. So why was it important for you to tell this story? It was inspired by my friend, Kevin. He got like a job at a clothing store. And it's about him, you know, out of high school, like, you know, starting a new chapter. So it's like a coming of age story a little bit, Yeah, but yeah.
0: Do you relate to that? You know, coming right out of college right now, do you relate to that feeling of of wanting to go out and, and make something for yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's also, like I said, like it's about the filmmaking side of it, like starting a new, starting new opportunities and and wanting to like really, you know, be successful in like what you want to do. You know, no one wants to like take a job or do something that they don't want to do. So you yeah. like have fun with like your full time thing
0: for real. So what was it like fundraising to put together a movie? Was there any part of that that was tough for you? That was was there any part of that that you were really excited about?
1: I mean, it's pretty easy to make a seed in spark. Like they give you feedback. Like you you fill out all the bio and you write you know, you know like a log line and get people interested in your story. Um, you write down what you fill out these, the part on the website where, uh, people can pledge money. So you fill out the incentives, post a bunch of pictures. Um, so that part wasn't too bad in fundraising. We just sent a lot of emails out and posted on our social media. And like, we got, we hit our goal within like five hours.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So, so the campaign was for 30 days, but we made our money first day and, you know, money kept coming and uh we end up with you know like almost twice our our requested budget
0: what did you end up being able to do with that extra money were there were there things that you wanted to get that you were like oh wow now we have a little bit of extra room
1: we had most of the equipment but we paid for like costumes the location the store owner let us shoot there for free but i mean people just you know they do a lot of time people still be paid a small rate but for distribution, food, like to f- feed mm-hmm. a cast and crew of like five to ten people for eight days is a lot. Uh, gas money, you know, travel from New York, stuff like that. So it wasn't like, you know, we didn't go all out on all this like equipment and, you know, VFX. It's not like a big movie, but uh, it just really helped
0: a lot. So, where are you at right now in the process of of this film? So you, have you guys completely finished shooting? Have you finished reshoots? Like where are you at? Um,
1: We just finished on Wednesday. So we have like a rough cut done. Um, We've been doing a lot of sound mix, sound design, Foley work. We're doing ADR soon, you know, fit the music in. Um, Last thing would be color correction, but that won't be until we make a little trailer to put out and get people excited. Like, maybe either a month or we just wait for like maybe a week in advance. Cause we don't have like the money. I mean, we have the time to, to uh, advertise, but I think like to get a lot, like really good momentum, we won't tell anybody about the release until like right before. it. So we're thinking December. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully like, you know, everyone's like together, you know, around like the holidays and stuff. And so we'll get people like more people to watch it and it'll be easier to watch.
0: So what's one thing about this movie that you think is going to surprise
1: people? I mean, just where the story goes, I think it's not like what people are expecting and it's not like cheesy or um, – what's another word for cheesy? Cliché? Yeah, like a cliché – yeah, it's not cliché, Phil. I mean, there's – maybe there's some. I don't know. I mean, that's up to the audience, I think. You know, I think that's – yeah. Like as a writer, you think like – you know you should be confident in your work and, and know that like you should write something that you want to tell. So therefore like you'll be into the writing and you'll enjoy it and you'll come out optimistic that other people enjoy it. And then during production, it's just a matter of like making the script the best it can be. So you just hope, I mean, you make it for yourself, but yeah. just hope that like when people watch it, they enjoy watching as much as you enjoyed making it. Cause you can never watch it as an audience member, like you wrote, you're watching all the takes, you're seeing all the bad takes, you know, you're seeing all the, all the fat in between, you know, people slating, like, it's just so, so much footage, you know, maybe in a a few years, if you never watched it, you know, if you watch it back again, it would be enjoyable, but it's, it's mostly about making it. Mm -hmm. So
0: you wrote and directed this. I assume you're doing a lot of the, a lot of the editing as well.
1: Um, no, Lana dude is editing. Okay. But I mean, yeah, like sound design producing, like I produced it with Ian Coyle and Jeanette Peeney.
0: So I guess my question would be which part came easier to you? Which part, which part challenged you more writing or directing?
1: I think writing's always the hardest because it's, it's the most important. And like, that's where like the story starts. Um, but I think if you prep well, you rehearse a little bit, and you just have everything planned out. Directing, like shooting, and being on set could could hopefully go smoothly. We got rained out one day, but you know you can't control that.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm really excited to see this. Like, I can't wait. I know that you've been working on this for a long time, and I, I actually want to take this interview in a couple of different directions here. But I want to take this moment right here to just uh, let's go to a quick break. <laughs> We'll be right back with more of our interview with Alex Nicoletti. But I'd like to take the next few moments to talk about River Power Podcast Mill. That's right. This podcast would not be here, would not be made possible without River Power Podcast Mill and the great podcasts that already exist on that channel. Some of you may be still feeling like you didn't get enough Halloween this year. You didn't get enough spooks but I got something perfect for you. It is Pulp from Beyond the Veil, the seminal horror short-form podcast that you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts. Go check it out. They just finished up their curbside series, and they'll be working diligently to finish what will be another groundbreaking season of this horror podcast. So go check it out. That's Pulp from Beyond the Veil. You can find it anywhere. There are plenty of scary stories to still go around. All right. So now I want to talk to you more about what what being a filmmaker is like and why this is something that drives you and something that you decide you want to do. So to start that off, I actually want to start with with something that I'm trying to do every episode. So a little little section we're calling Dreams and Nightmares. Hey, this what they've been waiting for? Shout out to shout out to Philadelphia. Shout out to Meek Mill, an iconic uh Iconic song wherever you are in Philadelphia. So, so I guess I'll start this off by saying, what is your dream collaboration? If you have the opportunity tomorrow, five years from now, somebody comes up to you and they say you can make and do whatever you want with whoever you want to do it. What are you doing?
1: It would probably be like an A twenty four production with a lot of the team, like a lot of the people that I've worked with so far. I don't know if there's like a specific actor. I mean, John Williams. You know, he would <laughs> okay. score it, yeah, yeah, score yeah. it obviously. Um, or you know, maybe I guess it would be like a Star Wars film. Really, that's sick. I mean, John Williams want to come back for Star Wars. I think he's done, but uh, you know, some, oh, something you'll, like you'll
0: drag him back. You'll drag where him back. But
1: there's no, you know, the thought of money doesn't really exist, and the thought of like resource, like it's just your pure imagination. Yeah. I think that's where I want to be dream. able to get like the dream would to just be able to do what I want to do like for the rest of my career, like life. Yeah. All right. Not And not have to work. You know, if you want to talk about like a nightmare, it would just be like stuck in a job that I don't want to do like some, you know, where it's just the same thing every day. I think like with filmmaking, even you could be at the same location with the same people and like no two shoot days are going to go the same. Yeah. I think waking up every day like not knowing what to fully expect is like you you just can't plan like you could I mean like I said like pre-production and planning is like where the film is made like with the script and everything but once you get the set like you just you never know you never know
0: I love that so you touched on a nightmare angle but I I did want to go in a slightly different direction with a nightmare and really honestly just ask and feel free to Feel free to, to to defer on this question, but is there a is there a nightmare from your childhood that just that just sticks in your brain? I feel like everybody has one. Is there something that that just comes to mind?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a weird question. No, I mean, I, I had a pretty good childhood, I think.
0: <laughs> I just mean like a like a nightmare you had, like something you woke up in the middle of the night screaming from. No, not like not like something like bad that happened to you growing up. It's traumatic. No, 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 no. I'm not asking about people's trauma. That's not what I'm here for. Um.
1: No, I I mean, you know, you have like some recurring dreams. One was like, I always got like run over by this like red car on the side of like, it was like this highway along a cliff like at the ocean. And I would just fall down the mountain, land on the road, and get run over by this. Red, it was like a sports car, like a Ferrari or something. Interesting. And then I just always wake up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you ever, have you ever thought about translating that into film?
1: Uh, I mean, maybe it could be like a an interesting scene like to the end of a character, but no, nah. I think, I think all of my film ideas come like while I'm awake, like daydreaming. I feel like I don't dream that much or I don't like remember my dreams. Like it's more about like what I think about the day. Like they just, like I don't, like sometimes I don't feel like it. I come up with it. Like it just comes to you. Yeah. Just like write it down or think about it in your head for a while.
0: So why do you want to become a filmmaker? Is is there a moment in your life that you can look back to and say like, "All right, damn, this is something I would want to chase"?
1: Back in fourth grade, I made a, like a Lego shot motion.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: It's lost forever. I don't know where it is, but I made it. You know, with a bunch of friends, and then. When I got an iPod Touch, like with a camera, I think it was iPod Touch 4, started doing like little videos with like Airsoft guns and stuff. But in high school, I never took any film classes or TV production in high school. But when Disney announced that they had bought Lucasfilm and they were making more Star Wars movies, that just kick-started my imagination. And I was like, oh, like what was the next Star Wars movie? Be? Like how would I make that? And then started thinking about like oh what other ideas could you make that aren't that but like your own thing and then I made one or two things in high school but it didn't really happen until college like when I hated engineering like it was just like I was just like stuck in that major and I hated it like all the math and yeah I failed a few classes and so I wanted to get out of that and I asked my parents like can I just like switch to film and they said, no, like, what are you gonna do with that? Like, they, under, they didn't really understand it. So I was in Best Buddies for a while. I was like, well, what if I just do special ed? I to be a special ed teacher, like, you know, probably easy enough, and then I did that, and like, that was pretty hard, but I, I got a job at a, a camp called Variety Club, and I worked there for a couple years, and I thought, like, well, what if I make a movie about, like someone I know from camp mm-hmm. and that didn't come until like this year but you know I started did some stuff in sketch comedy for Temple Smash and like it was fun like directing and stuff but like I couldn't write comedy I wasn't like a comedic actor or anything so I started making like more serious stuff and like that's where I guess that's where I'm at now
0: I like that I love that well, I, it's cool to be able to to describe your own journey and to like look back into that. I feel like from listening to that answer and listening to a lot of the things you said during this interview, the community and the process and the people that you get to work with seems to be a, a big part of why you love making films. Can you speak to that a little
1: bit? Being a director, you're involved with like every single step along the way. So it's really cool to just Involved with every part of the film, working with all the different people, because like as a as a DP, you're not going to work with the editor. As an editor, you're not going to work with like costume design or whatever. But as a director, you get to work with everyone, so you know, it's just always different. You learn a lot. Um, you have to like as a director know like what's expected and what's required from like all the other jobs, so therefore you can like help everyone. Mm-hmm be the best that they can be so the film can be the best it can be like as a director like you're like technically not doing anything like I'm not shooting I'm not (laughs) editing I'm not acting I'm not doing costumes I'm not lighting you know you can you can do those other roles like you can do sound design you can do you could slate you could be assistant you know you can do those things but there's a a role, you know, there's a title for that. But as a as a pure director, <laughs> you're you're just I mean, you're facilitating everyone else's job. You're making sure everyone is on the same page. Like you have that one vision of like how the film is gonna turn out. So you just kind of have to steer everyone. Like oh, like no, let's do it this way, or you know, medium close-up instead of long shot. Like just like in your head what
0: the final film's gonna be nice is there something that you is there a like a a goal that you have when you look forward to the next five years of your career is there is there something that you look at you're like all right when i get to this point i will feel like i'm i have made it or i'm like on my way to making it like is there something that you're just like that you've always had in your mind it's just like when i get there like that's gonna be the day
1: Uh, five years is a lot to think about. I'm more thinking about like the next couple days or whatever. But
0: no, I hear that.
1: No, just like being in the position where I can like continue to do this. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, just being given the opportunity to make more movies. So Uh, how? Because I I I mean, there's there's specific ideas I have in mind of like what films and like stuff I'm writing now. Mm -hmm. But you know, you just—you never know.
0: How do you fit filmmaking into your life?
1: It's just a big part of it. Like with this film, like I didn't work every day. You might work like an eighteen-hour day, a couple of times in a row, and then like do nothing for, for like a week. And, I mean, if it was bigger, and there was a deadline, you know, you'd be working almost every day, long hours, like on set or in the editing room, writing, meeting with people, location scouting, and all that. Um, But I don't have another job (laughs) right now. So, you know, it's just whenever I have the opportunity to do something for the film, like go down, get a reshoot day, record some dialogue, rewrite some scenes, whatever, send some emails like I just do it like, you know, but it it doesn't come at the expense of anything else. Like I can still you know hang out with my friends.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the goals of this podcast for me was just to sort of like explore with people how explore people who are artists who like let's be honest. I mean, none of us are none of us are like are are making making a living off of our art, right? I mean, it's not exactly what what you want, but it's we're young, right? So that's one of the things I definitely wanted to explore with this is sort of like how everybody. I think because I really think everybody not everybody maybe, but like really a lot of people, they have art, they have an art form that they're very passionate about. That is like a really big part of their lives that they just have to find the time to work on, or they have to like find the opportunities to work on. And so I guess that was one of the things that I really wanted to explore with this podcast is just like, what's it like to, to, to push for something that doesn't necessarily guarantee you, you know, like a paycheck. I mean, it's
1: just it's just fun. Like, I mean, writing's very lonely. You know, I just I wrote alone, like in my room, or you know, just by yourself. You have to shut off the internet and everything, and just get to it. Uh, and, and like when you're on set, you know, you're not paying attention. to Everything like going out in the going on in the world. So you know, it's it's you kind of create a bubble and it's not on purpose, it's just what happens, but, like, you know, it's, it's fun. Like, it, it you just have to do it because you feel like you have to do it. Like, you just, you want to tell that story or you just want to get that idea out of your head because, like, I don't, I don't watch my stuff. Like, I don't go back and, like, after, like, I put it out, you know, if on YouTube or in class or whatever, you know, it's for everyone else to watch. Like, I made it, you watch it, and I'll just move on to the next thing. So at the same time, like, it's also, like, just freeing up your brain for like more space for more ideas because you get that out you get it all on screen all the words you wrote all the actors like on their side like all you know, their performance all those emotions and you never want to make the same thing twice or like make something that's been done before uh, so like whatever film you make should just be like a little special and like that's why you, you make it
0: i like that i love that answer All right. We got one more little chunk of stuff that I want to get to, but let's go to another break here. We'll be right back with filmmaker Alex Nicoletti on Please Enjoy the View. Guys, if you're like me, you love science, but you don't know enough scientists. Lucky for you and lucky for me, there is Science Night with James Reed. He takes you inside the world of science and makes it somewhat approachable. Honestly, he makes it really fun, and I enjoy the conversations that go on in that show. And if you have not checked it out, you should go find it wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right. It's called Science Night, and it's also a part of the River Power Podcast Network. All right, Alex, thanks for coming in here and and talking with me about all this stuff. I do have one last little kind of game almost that I kind of want to just play with you. It, it's sort of a, a this or that, you could say. We're, we're calling it have it. All right. I'm just going to blanketly ask you a this or that kind of question. And, you know, tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You could sort of talk your way through the answer after that. But I, I really just want to be like, I want it to just whatever jumps to you. So these are all about film here. And I, uh, yeah, let's, let's just uh, give it a shot. Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg?
1: Spielberg. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I just love the wide range of films he's made. Not that Scorsese he had. But, like, a lot of my favorite movies are Spielberg-directed movies. So, okay. let mean just think about, just from Jaws, like, the 80s, like, Jaws, well, 70s, Jaws, E.T., you know, and into the 80s, like, the Indiana Jones films, and, like, the 90s with uh, Saving Private Ryan Schindler's List, Jurassic Park. <laughs> he's just—he's amazing.
0: All right, we'll take that. We'll take that blockbuster sort of feel into this next question. I know you're a big Marvel fan. Infinity War or Endgame?
1: Infinity War. Why? I think Endgame is like a tighter movie, but like just everything that happened in Infinity War completely changed that whole series i mean it's like 21 or two movies in mm-hmm. it was like one of those times in theaters that like you just leave like so shocked you know i just they just couldn't have done any better i mean endgame end
0: okay next one here
1: what, what about you though like
0: oh well i'm probably honestly i'd probably go with infinity war 2 it's a more rewatchable movie
1: mm-hmm. um, this is so fast like it's yeah like an endgame's three hours but like like it just moves. Like there's, like my friend, like my friend Dave and I would always joke, like, like yeah, we'll just watch a scene or two, and it just like hooks you, it just drags you in, you just can't stop. Uh,
0: Endgame's a lot of fun, but it's like, there's so much time spent trying to figure out time travel that it's kind of like, once you've seen it the first time, you almost like, that stuff isn't that entertaining. I'd say.
1: I think, the way they did it though. Like, I mean, I know they joked about all the other time travel movies, but it seemed like the most
0: accurate. I, I like it. I, I have no real issue with it. I remember when it came out, just the sheer amount of time I spent afterwards trying to figure out exactly how their time travel like layout worked. I mean, you're not
1: supposed to f- like the movie.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. It doesn't want you to think about it. Yeah. But like how, I, I mean, how could we not? How could I not have that thought? Right. I remember when everybody thought that the final star Wars film was going to be a time travel movie and everybody was just got so pissed off.
1: Yeah. Like the world between worlds with Soka. Yeah. That could have been better than one they.
0: Uh, very easily could have been better than what they made, but that's, yeah, that's neither here nor there.
1: All right. The rise of Skywalker does a lot of good things. I just think a lot of it might not like, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Uh, like, you understand why, but it's like it doesn't make sense, I think, like, for the characters.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've read enough YouTube – I mean, I've watched enough YouTube breakdowns of people who are very, like, pro Rise of Skywalkers to, like, I guess understand what they were trying to do. You no, know, I mean, like,
1: like if you love it, that's great. Like, there's a lot – like, C-3PO is great and the music and, and –
0: But you're describing very tertiary elements of a film –
1: I just yeah i mean it, i mean
0: listen the first time i watched it i wanted to love it so bad that i walked out of the theater being like this is this isn't half bad
1: i think with more stories with those like like bray and Finn and everyone um it'll only get better
0: that's probably true yeah i is.
1: think there's a lot of prequel love now and that's great but like when they came out and you know no one liked them and even with like empire some people didn't like it or return of the jedi so like Star Wars just ages, ages like a, a fine line.
0: You know? I mean, honestly, Last Jedi. I, I have changed my tune on that movie so much.
1: No, I mean, it's, it's the older Star Wars is, like, even, like, within the like the universe itself, it's supposed to take place, like, a long time ago, but it's futuristic, you know, like, like the more timeless a Star Wars movie feels, I think the better it is. So, you know, it's just, like, the next... Movies and TV shows that they come out with, the the sequels here, the trilogy will like people love.
0: For real, I'm excited for the new uh, the new timeline of like super old Jedi's.
1: Yeah, they're doing a lot of book stuff with that. Yeah, I hope they turn into like a TV series or something. But thank God for the Man of War, man.
0: One of the few things to look forward to in, in 2020. All right, on to this next one here. Scarlett Johansson or Charlize Theron?
1: Charlize Theron, like, with Atomic Blonde and Mad Max Fury Road, like she carries those movies so well. And then your movies like Monster, I mean she's just so good. Yeah. And then like, I, I watch her, I, mean, I watch her kick anyone's ass any day. Like, I you don't know if see... you, have you seen Atomic Blonde?
0: I have, I have seen Atomic Blonde. That's a very fun movie.
1: That that end fight scene where it's yeah. like a ten minute tracking shot, like. You know who else could do
0: that? No, nah, for real, that's as good as anything that's been made recently. Did you see uh the what was that Netflix film? Mm-hmm. The Guild or the Order? I don't know. I've heard it's really good. I haven't watched it though. All right, Fincher or Nolan?
1: Um, uh, I haven't seen a lot of David Fincher movies, so I'd go with Nolan. I just love like his. Like his creativity, like just the way that each of his films, most of his films, talk about like time. And I just think he, he, he writes these really interesting plots. Um and, the, and and every every one of his movies is original, so it's I true. think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's like even though like a lot like a lot of it's like like really insane and tenant was a lot. Like I still really love going to the theaters. And there was only like ten people in there, so like it was it was safe. I've
0: still not gotten to see Tenant. I'm looking forward to it, but uh,
1: it's really cool. Like it's one of those films where like it takes a while for you to understand what's happened. Like it's sort of like The Prestige, where towards the end it's like,
0: oh, oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's great. That's it's a good it's a good.
0: Time. What David Fincher movies have you seen, just off the top of your head?
1: Did he do Social Network. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that. Gone. Ga-
0: not gone girl yeah that was him
1: he did that was yeah. did ben affleck direct that no did he did gone baby gone
0: yeah that's ben affleck is gone okay see
1: so Yeah, gone girl um that might be it
0: i just watched zodiac recently oh okay
1: zodiac yeah that's, it's
0: it's a lot of fun Have you, you've seen seven too i'm assuming i mean it's not
1: oh yeah seven all right i've seen i've seen, you've seen
0: a lot of his movies <laughs> that's yeah. true
1: no i just he's not someone that i've like really gotten into or um,
0: You've seen Fight Club too, right?
1: All right, damn. that's...
0: Damn, you've probably seen most of the Fincher... Yeah. ...filmography.
1: (laughs) All right, I like his movies a lot, but...
0: Nolan. Nolan, all right.
1: And New Stellar's one of my favorite movies, so... Like, even with that, I think Nolan.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, too, because since you... When you said Nolan, like, a lot of his stuff are original. Just maybe it's interesting because a lot of Fincher's stuff, it's funny that I settled on him for this comparison, but a lot of, like, pretty much most of Fincher's movies are based off of books.
1: That's, I feel like that's a little bit easier as a writer to adapt a book instead of come up with something from scratch. Well, yeah,
0: he's not really a writer so much as... No, I'm
1: just saying even that, like, like Spielberg's made, like, I mean, he he sometimes directed, like, two movies in a year. And, like, by not writing, you know, and being such a good director, you can just, like... Make so many movies.
0: Can churn. That's cool. But like
1: someone who's a writer director, like you know, Ryan Johnson, you know, you're coming out with a movie every three to five years. But it's cool. I mean, it's cool that Nolan, like, like the last movie he came out with was was it Dunkirk. That was yeah. like three years ago. And then even before that, it was Interstellar. That was like great. That's before.
0: Oh wow! Interstellar was the one before Dunkirk. Yeah, he does put a lot of time into his movies. But he makes, he makes great films. All right, I got one more here. Brad Pitt or Tom
1: Cruise? <laughs> I'd have to go with Tom Cruise.
0: I know you love Mission Impossible, so that was kind of a gimme, but...
1: Yeah, Ethan Hunt's such a cool character. I think, like, how they make those films and, like, you know, what they do... I mean, the story's great, but, like, just having him do what he does, like hang on the side of airplanes or climb on the, the, the side of the... Um, He's always hanging on the side of something, like rock climbing or the side of the tallest building in the world. I think it helps really sell the action, like doing it, just like pulling the camera back and having the people, mostly Tom Cruise, do what he does. No stunt doubles, nothing. They're, they're filming the next two back to back.
0: Oh, really? That's cool.
1: Christian RuPaul, writing, directing. And there was some behind the scenes footage that leaked of him, like, Driving a motorcycle off a ramp and then like pulling a parachute. I'm just like that's <laughs> that's cool.
0: I'm yeah. I'm always uh, always impressed by by what Tom Cruise gets himself into. Mm-hmm. All right, I got one last question for you for this entire interview. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. Before I ask you this question, where can people find you? How can people find your work and how can they stay connected to what you're making?
1: Instagram, like my full name, Alex Nicoletti. Uh, My website is up. Um, I have a lot of photography and like my other short films I made. That's about it. Awesome. Well, definitely go find
0: those links. Check out his stuff. Alex, for real, thanks for coming on. My final question to you today. I'm going to ask everybody this at the end of every episode. What is the most recent piece of media you have seen or consumed that has inspired you
1: creatively? Um... Man, I've been watching The Wire, uh, first time through on season four, It's just like how realistic that film, the the, (laughs) that TV show feels. Uh, I think it's just like a bar that is set really high in terms of like realism and like how to write characters that like an audience can empathize with. So um, I just been trying to like consume as much of that as possible, not binging, but like watching an episode here and there. to help like my writing and what we're doing with this film coming
0: out. Awesome. Well, I know I'm excited to check out this movie. Uh, Thanks for coming on Alex. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Alex Nicoletti for being our first guest on, please enjoy the view. We will be back in a few weeks with a brand new episode but until then please go follow us on social media we are on instagram we are on twitter at enjoy the view pod go find us there and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can keep up with every episode and it'll be right in your podcast feed Last things last, some credits. Please enjoy The View is a production of River Power Podcast Mill. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Jacob Garnjos. This show is edited by myself. And this episode's theme was composed by yours truly. Until next time, friends, please enjoy The View.